0: ought to let out a war cry tonight. Somebody ought to let out a war cry tonight. Hey! hey, hey, hey. Come on, somebody shout with a voice of triumph in this place. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph in this house. Hallelujah! Whoa! Anybody having a good time at Sunday Night Live tonight?
1: I feel such a powerful presence of God and a sweet, sweet victory in this place tonight. And uh, this has been an amazing day already. I'm very excited this morning right after the service. The VIP room was packed with guests and visitors. And every one of them I talked to They just knew that it was God's hand that brought them here to the Rock Church. Every one of them. And I want to thank this church for for really genuinely and authentically loving people. Because one of the common threads in every single conversation, they said this has got to be the most welcoming And friendly church that we have ever been to. I think that ought to be the testimony of every apostolic church in the world. Amen? And uh, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing and uh, is continuing to do. I thought it would be very appropriate tonight in this Hope Corps commitment service. And I'm excited uh, because I know that probably somewhere in these presentations, God kind of nudged some people in this building that maybe this would be an incredible opportunity for you to grow. And I thought it would be so appropriate to bring one of the alumni to this desk to deliver the word of the Lord tonight. The fact is, is that there are several of our alumni that uh, are very capable with the call of God on their life. To a speaking ministry. And one of those alumni is our very own Sister Tabitha Holt. And uh, I'm so very proud of this young woman of God. And again, I have had the privilege of watching God transform her life in such a powerful, powerful way. And uh, God's process oftentimes one of the things that it is so dependent upon is our malleability, our willingness, our uh, ability to become limp in the hand of God and say, Lord, whatever whatever it takes, make me, mold me. And uh, I've watched as God has brought spiritual formation to this young lady's life, and she is uh, an awesome mother of five kids, amen. And she works full-time, full-time plus to provide for her home. And in addition to that, uh, she is our, has become our Women's Life Ministry Director. She is a Bible study teacher, a soul winner, And the hand of God is upon her every time she steps to this pulpit with a Bible in her hand. And we are so thankful that she represents and is a part of this church. And I want her to come to represent the Hope Corps alumni tonight. And I want her to deliver the word of the Lord to this house. Would you help me put your hands together one more time? Thank God for the ministry of Sister Tabitha Holt.
2: Would you lift your voices and your hands to God? Would you thank him for the breath in your body? Thank him that he has given us life and that more abundantly. Thank him for bringing us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Thank him for putting his word down in our hearts that we may not sin against him. Thank him for eternal life in heaven back with him one day. Thank him for being the author and finisher of our faith. the Lover. So he is God, and beside him there's none other. Hallelujah, Jesus! Thank you, Lord. Woo! Did you love what you feel in this house? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hope Core. <laughs> um, I attended Hope Corps in 2016. I had a look at my patch. That was a long, long time ago. You can sit down, sit down. Sit down. And um, Sister Clark said it was life-changing, and. That is exactly what it was. Uh, We traveled out of the country to Roatan, Honduras. We had a chance to meet and see what goes on in third world countries and third world cultures. And it's an expansion of the mind that happens when you leave out of your local geographical area and go where... God is. Because God is everywhere. He's a spirit. He is everywhere. And I remember selling tacos and burritos. Thank you, pastor, for letting me do that. To um, raise money to go to um, Roatan. And I was very new to the church. I just had all this zeal and fire just to do something. And I just thank God for honoring that. Because I snorkeled for the first time. And it was amazing. Amazing. I saw coral and fish that were different colors than I'd ever seen. And I'm in the water and I'm crying because I'm like, God, you made this for me. You predestined this trip for me. I felt so close to God on that island. I felt so connected to him. So please sign up. Do what you need to do. Sign up. It's worth it. Amen. If we can just all stand. Pastor, I thank you for trusting me. God, I thank you for calling me. Um, Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing at the Rock Church. I thank God that we have a pastor that knows how to push forward. I have a push-forward spirit like none other. And I just thank God for you all. You all, my brothers and sisters, I love you all. You all are my family. (laughs) You are my family, the body of Christ. And I thank God for you. Um. We're going to be reading out of First Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. Pastor Spralaza, you're going to be lined in chalk. Blessed be, th- you know what, let's read it together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, for who? For you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for us even, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love in whom though ye see him, not yet believing, ye rejoice with unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which the salvation the prophets had inquired, and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching that of what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The scripture says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. Will you you just lift up your hands Help me to do a good job, Lord. God, that you would anoint my lips of clay. It's not by our power nor our might, but it's by your spirit. God, help someone to see you just as you are, God. Help someone to be changed, Lord Jesus, to walk away with understanding of who they are in you, Lord, and this great inheritance that you have given us, that you have bought us with the price, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And let's all say amen. Amen. You may be seated. An inheritance is a transfer of ownership, passing on of property or other rights or obligations, usually after a person's death. The one who establishes the trust can be known as the patriarch. The trustor, the settler, or the trust maker. That person is the one who establishes the trust. That person chooses the rules behind the trust and decides what property the trust will own by transferring assets into the trust's name. Trust is established and continues to build royalties perpetually. The person or persons to receive the benefit of the established trust is or are known as the beneficiaries chosen by the trust maker. Being made a beneficiary of a trust is different from owning property, though because there are generally rules attached. Some people may say, I don't wanna be apostolic. I don't, I don't, I don't wanna live for God. It's too many rules. But let me tell you, he is a ruler. He is a ruler. The Ten Commandments that were given to Moses on the Mount Sinai, that were established on... They, he, he, he was a ruler. He commanded his people. Deuteronomy. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thine might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. He is a ruler. He is a ruler. A trust might allow named beneficiaries to live in a home owned by a trust, but that beneficiary may not rent it or sell it. Second Corinthians 615, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own, but ye have been bought with the price. This Holy Ghost that God gives us, this this righteousness that we have, this power and this dominion, it doesn't belong to us, it belongs to him. We are the vessel in which it flows through. He trusts us with his anointing. Too many people of today want to go on their own and and make a name for themselves and they find themselves off sitting back in a desert wanting followers but unable to because God, if God's not in it, no one's going to want a part of it. He trusts us with this. The overall purpose of a trust is to leave an inheritance. Christ didn't just die for our sins. He died that we may inherit that same dominion and power over wickedness in high places. He called us to be courageous, conquerors, possessors, lenders and not the borrower, above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. He is the trust maker, he sets the rules. He says you are a peculiar people. I've never known a trust maker to pass and give his children, his beneficiaries, the royalties and come back alive. Never known it, never known it. God is the only one, the only one that the Bible says he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He knew what he had to do to redeem mankind back into covenant relationship with him. And he died, but on the third day, he rose with all power in his hands. And that trust and that royalties continue to build perpetually. You'll never run out of power. You'll never run out of dominion. You'll never run out of the Holy Ghost. It is here for you to exercise every single day. Not just that. Heaven. That's our inheritance. That's our ultimate inheritance. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of men, the things that God hath prepared for him that love him. But God has revealed them unto his unto us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things are God, of God. John 14, 2 through 5, in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also." And, 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 and as I read articles, and I may see clips of the atrocities that are going, in and are going on in our world today, and protesters, and this life matters, and that life matters, and voices wanting to be heard. and and people usurping the authority of police and arguing and debating. And it just reminds me that God said, my kingdom is not of this world, because if it were, I would have fought for it. We can't lose our focus as apostolics. Do we want unity? Yes. Do we want to see? Lives change and people change, yes, but we don't have to stand and protest about it. All we have to do is get on our knees and exercise in the power and dominion that God has given us. We hit the streets and we go compel them into the house of the Lord so they can know that they can live above the atrocities of this nation. Matthew 24 tells us that there will be perilous times in the last days. All of these things that are going on, it's not a coincidence. It was written thousands and thousands of years ago. It's not for us to hide in a cave. It's not for us to coward our tails. God has given us dominion. He has given us this power. He has given us this anointing. He has given us this world to go ye forth and preach the gospels to all nations. He sets the rules. He's the trust maker. Romans 8 and 11 tells us, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. We have a great inheritance in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. God is good. God is great. He didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us to die in our sins. We earned death. We, if it wasn't for him, we, have, we earned to die. For the wages of sin is death. God's people are set up for success. We are the created in the image of God. God is ultimate in power and authority, and there is an unlimited supply. He powers eternity, and he allowed us the privilege to take part in possession of this power anointing dominion. It is our inheritance. It is the apostolic church's inheritance. It was an inheritance then, and it is an inheritance now in whom also we have obtained inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Jesus Christ. That's why I trust in him. That's why I come into the house of God, of God and I give my all to him because I have an inheritance. It doesn't matter how you feel. You could be tired. Your feet could hurt. Things could be going crazy. But you owe him a praise. You owe him a worship. It doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter if this is the second service and I just want to ride it out. No. We have an inheritance. And ultimately that is heaven. Although this inheritance was established before the foundation of the world, our humanity has a different Difficult time believing and understanding what we possess. Let's talk about Cain, born of Adam and Eve. Cain and Abel. Cain the firstborn, then Abel. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Abel was a, a keeper of the sheep. And I imagine, Pastor, I'm a parent, that after the exhalation of the of the garden, God did not destroy them. That lets me know that he's, his mercy still wants to give us another chance. Another chance, because he could have destroyed us right then and there. I mean, the wages of sin is death. I mean, it, it, it was granted, it was warranted, but his mercy. So I imagine Adam and Eve talking to their children, not only about how to tend to the sheep, but also how to tell how to um, teach how to teach them how to worship and praise God and what it is. He probably told them the story of what happened to them as they were in the garden. He probably told them about Satan, the subtle beast. I imagine all that. He probably taught them about the things of God and how to present their offerings, and, how, and, and which way to come when you give of your sacrificial offering. And we understand in Genesis four and three that it says that, in, in Genesis, it says that they came to give an offering. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. How many times have we done this? How many times have we come into the house of God after living for a long time? Living for God for a little while. And we just, we kind of get off course. We kind of start losing our way. And we come to bring him worship and worship isn't running around and and jumping around that's that's praise and that's great But worship is you, is God telling you. You telling God. God telling you, God, I love you. Yes, I love you. God, I give you glory. Yes. In times of worship, God has spoken to me profoundly. He has given me direction. He has ordered my steps. There's no greater place to be but in a place of worship before the Lord. It was the lady who poured out of her alabaster box and poured it all on his feet and crowned his head with her worship. Cain in the process of time that came to pass he brought a worship he brought his his his, fir- his not his first fruits but he brought his sacrificial offering to God and it was rejected you know the story Abel he accepted Cain he rejected Cain's countenance become wrath he ex Cain Cain God God ex Cain Cain why is your countenance fallen Why does, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? This leads me to believe that Cain knew what it was to bring an acceptable sacrifice. It it leads me to believe that when he brought that acceptable sacrifice, that God accepted it and blessed him. So he tells Cain, why is your countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt shalt thou not be accepted? This is something... You know, Cain, remember the sacrifices you brought to me out of a pure heart. I can accept those sacrifices. I hear God, I hear God's mercy compelling him, talking to him. Cain, what's going on? What's going on with your heart? Come on. You know that I'll accept your sacrifice if it's out of a pure heart, if it's the best. What's going on, Cain? Come on. I've done this before plenty of times. Come on. Then came warning. Let me warn you, Cain. If you do not do well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. Sin lying in wait for you to make the wrong decision, to rob you of your inheritance. Capitalize on your anger and carnality, jealousy and impulse to act on anger. Scripture tells us to be angry, but sin not. Out of Cain's anger of being rejected by God, he sought to kill his brother. Out of Cain's anger of being rejected by God he sought to kill his brother. He couldn't get to God so he wanted to kill his brother. Consequently, Cain received his penalty, penalty, and as he was cursed from the earth, which received his brother's blood, he was cursed. Everything he did was cursed. He was a tiller of the ground, and the productivity is now cursed. He became a fugitive, a a vagabond, wandering with no place to call home, no job, no real direction in life. Cain went out of the presence of God, and and he became a wanderer. So he's here with his family in the presence of God, God rejects him. He slays his brother, and then he gets out further and further and further from the presence of God. Be not deceived. God is not mock. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We have to be... We can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. There are so many people who think that if that they can just come and handle God in any kind of way. And when God rejects it or he doesn't answer it or he's trying to get to your heart and not just give you whatever it is that you're ser- searching for and you leave and you wander and you get further and further away from God, you get further and further away from your family. Cain. Andy, you can put up the graphic, please. A squandered inheritance. God did not intend for your life to take this turn. What happened to your inheritance, Cain? Somewhere after the process of time, he became unconcerned with the things of God. He became consumed with self. He became a wanderer. If we keep reading Genesis 5, we, we're introduced to Lamech. He lived 182 years and begot his son. And he called his name Noah, saying, the time shall comf- this, this time shall comfort us concerning our work and toil, of our hands, because the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Noah became 500 years old, and he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the scripture tells us that, and God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented God that he had ever made man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Instead, God tells Noah to build the ark because destruction is coming. Matthew 24 warns us and tells us, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that there were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. It's so, it's so easy to get caught up in what is going on around us. But the Son of Man is coming. He's coming. And in the days of Noah, every atrocity, every every wreaking of habit, every every disgusting whatever is going on in this world it was the same thing that was going on then. And God sent a man, he sent a preacher of righteousness to pull a people out of darkness into this marvelous light. God has so much mercy on us right now. God has so much mercy on us right now. He doesn't want us to be lost. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all shall come to repentance. That's why I thank God for you, Pastor. I thank God for a man of God that will move us where God is and correct us and be the watchman that's on the the rooftop watching for our souls giving account for our souls. There are too many people trying to do this thing on their own. But you need to understand that God sends a man. He sends a preacher, a preacher of righteousness, to lead the people in salvation. There's no getting around it. You have to respond to that authority because he is the delegated authority from Jesus Christ. This world doesn't like authority. It doesn't like the, the world doesn't like to be told what to do. Everybody is their own philosopher. Everybody leans to their own understanding. But God has, he, God has given us a man of God. He has given us his word. God wants us to just be the vessel so he can flow through us. Yeah. We understand in Genesis 9, Noah became a husbandman. They get off the ark. They get settled. Noah gives sacrifice, offers sacrifice to the Lord. God blesses them and his sons, tells them to be fruitful and multiply. We're going to try this one more time. No, uh, Noah becomes a husbandman. That means a keeper, of the, keeper of, or cultivator of the land. He starts cultivating a vineyard of grapes. And he starts to like the grapes. And, <laughs> and he gets a little tipsy. Okay, the Bible says drunk. And he lays in his tent, and his youngest son, Ham, decides that he wants to go in and visit dad, sees dad in his birthday suit, probably laughs, mocks, then goes by and wants to get a couple people to come in and laugh with him. So he goes to gets his brother. And I thought about this scripture. And. There was no shamefacedness. There was no regard for the preacher of righteousness. He wasn't just your dad. He was a man of God. He was a preacher of righteousness. How dare you look upon his nakedness and scoff and mock. But that's the attitude. That's the spirit of this age. It wants to expose. And it's a lie. It's False exposure, and it wants to tear apart the people of righteousness. So he goes and tells his brother, and they know what time it is. They don't even look upon their father's nakedness. They grab cloth, walk backwards, and just covers him. And they were blessed. Ham was cursed. It doesn't matter what we think. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. We have to be careful how we handle the things of God. We have to be careful how we handle the men of God, the people of God. This is part of our inheritance here on earth. If God can't trust us here on earth, how can he trust us in heaven? How can he trust us to make it to heaven? He don't want that mess in heaven. I know I wouldn't. It was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. You know, the, the Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. Throughout the Old Testament, one of my favorites, leading into the New, I see mankind acting out in same manners. I see mankind given a promise by God, they fail God, God redeems. He gives them another promise. We fail God, God redeems us. And the story of Cain, I didn't see anything mentioned about the enemy. The Bible says, His sacrifice wasn't accepted. Cain Cain did that all on his own. We have this mentality a lot, Pastor Sferlaza, that the devil is always on me. The devil made me do it. (laughs) But could it be our carnal nature? Could it be our stinking thinking? Could it be that we're lazy? Could it be that we are seeking out our own will? God defeated Satan already. He says, you have the victory. Why do we have victory? Because he's victorious. We already have the victory. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. We have already have the victory. You have the Holy Ghost tonight. You are victorious. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. But our humanity, we don't, we, there's like a disconnect where we have a hard time operating in that dominion. And you see here, Pastor, this was going to be one of the youth nights, youth night preaching. So here's Satan. And um, he already has this man lined in chalk. And what that means is that, hey, I got him. I got him. Right? He's sitting in the seat of the scornful (laughs) he's 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 just about out you know he's I don't know fear maybe he's entrapped in fear with in his mind and he's already lined him in chalk here so he's just waiting waiting and He sat there defenseless. He, he was caught off guard, literally. And he's just laying there. But God has given him power and dominion over the enemy. And all he has to do is just look up. All he has to do is just believe and get back up again. You see the distance here? (laughs) This is where God is. This is where God is. But sometimes we're just so vexed in our mind and in our spirit that we can't see him. All we see is him. But God is right here. And in fact, you didn't get up on your own. God picked you up. But he's right here. And then so he's standing. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law does he meditate day and night. So he becomes like a tree planted. Planted. But then he gets his mind off. God and onto his surroundings and this Sunday maybe he doesn't feel like shouting maybe he doesn't feel like rejoicing maybe he doesn't feel like an heir that has an inheritance so here we are again and God's still here God's like I'm still here I'm still here but without faith it's impossible to please God So he's not looking at God, but once again, and he falls, (laughs) and he doesn't defend himself. He's lying there defenseless. I found myself in this position so many times in my walk with God. I didn't even fight back. I didn't know about my inheritance. My walk with God was contingent on him and the moves that he made. And you know what? It wasn't even about him. He watched me. He saw me. He saw my reactions to things and he just came in and played on that. He doesn't have any real power. I have the Holy Ghost. All power. But I allowed him to see me down. I allowed him to see me down, and then he moves in, and he squirts me, and I lie there defensively, (laughs) you're having too much fun. Each time I fell, it was harder for me to get back up, because I thought life was all about him destroying me. Each time I fell and I lay there defensively and did not even war in the spirit or protect myself, it was harder to get up. But here comes God in grace and mercy and pulls me back up again. You know what this, and, and I'm done. Music, you can come if you want to. Preston, you know what this inheritance grants you? Uh-uh, don't leave yet, Satan, come on back. Every time I fell, John, Pastor Ferlaza, I got stronger. Oh, yeah. My test was, my faith was tried. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can use any prop you want. He tried to destroy my son. He tried to destroy my family. He tried to keep me down and in poverty. But you know what, Satan? I'm coming back with a vengeance, and I got something for you. Though war shall rise against me, though a host shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You have an inheritance from God. You have an inheritance from God. Say, I have an inheritance from God the devil on the run stop taking these hits from him stand up to him he can't do anything you have the power amen
0: somebody ought to go ahead and put the devil on the run tonight somebody ought to just step out of your pew and let hell know i'm not on the defense anymore but i'm about to put hell on the defense i'm not dodging the enemy any longer but i'm picking up my weapons I'm picking up my sword. I've got the power of his name, and I'm going in to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me. I wonder if there's anybody in the building. you got some blessings that the enemy tried to take from you. You got some promises uh, that the enemy tried to steal from you, huh? but tonight uh, you've got a bait of mine. Huh? Ah, I've got an inheritance of power. Huh? I've got an inheritance uh, of dominion. Huh? That same spirit uh, that raised Christ from the dead huh? is living inside of me. Huh? Come on, somebody throw your hands in the air. Huh? You ought to begin to declare power uh, in your life tonight. Uh, You ought to begin to declare dominion uh, over the enemy in your life tonight. Uh, Come on, uh, I'm talking to some mamas uh, right now. Uh, Oh, you need to let hell know Uh, I'm on to your game. Uh, Devil, you're a liar. Uh, God is able. Uh, I need some men in the building uh, to serve notice uh, on hell tonight. Ah, come on, somebody. uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus. uh, Come on, in the name of Jesus.